Welcome to the Being in a Band podcast. I'm your host, Monica Strutt, and together we'll be deep diving into all things music marketing, branding, PR, business strategy, as well as the mindset it takes to succeed in today's modern music industry. I know the highs and lows of forging a career in the music biz because after years of side hustling as a musician, music journalist, and digital marketer, I recently quit my nine to five and am more fulfilled than ever working in an industry that I love. Now it's my full-time mission to help musicians and music industry pros like you create a life they're obsessed with. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to the Being in a Band podcast. I have a very special guest here today, the Director of Market Development in Canada for online distributor CD Baby. He helped launch Indie Week in Canada as well as a number of other um, on and offline summits. Daryl Hurst, welcome to the Being in a Band podcast. Awesome. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much, Monica. Thank you for coming on. So, 25-year history in the music industry. How did you end up working in the music industry? I would love to know a little bit about your journey and what led specifically to you working alongside um, a lot of indie musicians. Uh, it, it's an interesting thing. Like I somehow, for some reason, in it was grade six, I just knew I wanted to do something in music. Um, I don't know. It could be like my mom played piano and I watched her and listened to her a lot, but also my grandfather, like it's like my grandfather, a real interesting story is he was in the army. He wasn't sent to world war two, but like was, you know, in training and he was always going AWOL to play piano in a bar. (laughs) So he was always in trouble to play music. So I I might be in the blood. I don't know. Um, but uh, it just been a, it was a long journey, uh, determination and all that kind of stuff. But uh, literally from grade six, I knew I had to do something in music. And uh, uh, I did college. I played I, I went through guitar teachers, different bands, cover bands on the road and all that stuff. Um, I grew up in Edmonton, but I moved to Toronto because in Canada, Toronto is kind of like the hub of the music industry. And I cut my teeth there. Um being uh, in bands, producer, uh, promoter, booker of venues, uh, you name it, have uh, done a lot. Um, but even prior to that, I was the indie guy for HMV where I worked. Uh, I took over like the indie consignment and I was like, we could do shows in store. So we did indie Thursdays and I, I don't know, I've always been the kind of like, we could do stuff and, and, it's sort of led me to making a conference and festival. So here I am. Amazing. No, I love that description of, of the, uh, the AWOL like military guy sneaking off to play piano. I feel like that is just such a metaphor for how a lot of indie musicians feel because a lot of us are balancing day jobs and trying to take as much time off to tour as we can. And, um, you know, it's like, it is in our blood and it's clearly in your blood as well. Yeah, well, it's funny because I think he ended up peeling a lot of p- potatoes as a result. And uh, I remember when I was working at h and I was always the guy like, oh, by the way, I need Friday off this week and maybe Saturday. And it actually, I think, led to me not working at Indie Week. Uh, I mean, not working at h and anymore. Uh, yeah. As a result, uh, I kind of was like, this isn't really working because uh, I was always asking time off and stuff. But uh you know, thankfully, I, I've been self-employed ever since because 
creating all this extra stuff is, has been my passion and goal. Mm, definitely. So you helped launch um, Indie Week, uh, as I kind of mentioned, and I'm, and since then during COVID, you've launched a number of online um, summits, which I definitely want to talk about in a moment. But I'd really love to kind of go back to when you first um, helped launch Indie Week and what that looked like and how how the idea came about and how how it grew because I was listening to a podcast interview that you were doing and you were saying that, um, you know, a lot of the industry wasn't necessarily sure if, if we needed another like indie music sort of conference. And so, yeah, I'd love to know kind of how the idea came about and maybe some of the challenges of getting something like that up and running, um, from ground zero. Yeah. Well, yeah. So basically I am the guy that launched it. Uh, and it was, I was a booker at a venue, plus I was in a band, plus I was managing bands. And there was a lot of frustration in trying to get, you know, local artists that are doing really well locally into showcase festivals that were local. They were being overlooked. And not only the ones I was working with, but so many others, like really quality artists were not represented at these showcase festivals. And I totally get it. You know, a lot of it is uh, pay to play or who you know and um, what are you doing internationally and stuff like that. And so spots are limited. So I totally get it. So it was just the fact that there's a lot of local artists that are being underrepresented that need to be discovered. The, the hard part was, you know, when you have a festival with all artists that need to be discovered and people are like, who's playing your festival? I'm like, you won't have, you will not have heard of them. The yeah. point is the point, come discover yeah. them. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, it takes at least five, six years to kind of like get on the map at one point and then build audience and then get on the higher level and such. And, you know, working towards sponsorships, it's, it's like they've already possibly budgeted with the relationships they already have. So navigating funding and sponsorships was, was a thing. And, um, you know, it, back then it was slightly different because a lot of people would just go out for music for music's sake. Uh, nowadays they really got to be like into it, but like who's playing, do I know them? Has anybody told me about them? I don't know if I'm going then. And I definitely am not spending $10 on something I don't know. Mm. Um, so, so it was really different back then. And, and we launched, uh, I think we had six venues to start before COVID we were up to 24, 25 venues. Um, and I think we had I'm trying to remember it's either 40 or 60 artists the first year and me being a booker of venue, I knew all of them. So it was really easy to launch on the artist side of things and the venue side of things. Um, and people coming out just cause they love music was great back in the, those days. Uh, so things have changed a lot. Plus, Toronto really had this like amazing street. It's called Queen Street. And all on one street, we had the Rivoli, the 360, the Horseshoe, the Cameron House, the Bovine. And then there was the Big Bop that had three venues in it, three floors. And further down, we had Gypsy Co-op and we had Chosky's. And so basically, we just had one street. So with the wristband, people were just walking up and down the street discovering music. Mm -hmm. that's changed and now it's like all across the city and and it's a little bit more like pockets of these neighborhoods so we kind of have zones 
the last time we did it live, like zone A is over here, zone B is over here. And, and it's, it's uh, you know, the, the city has changed. And, and so there's different uh, obstacles to navigate and things like that. Yeah, that's really interesting how you were describing with the streets and the venues on either side of the street because it's just um, reminding me a lot of the music conference, which I'm sure you've heard of in Australia, Big Sound, which happens um, in in um, usually in September every year, but we haven't had it for two years, unfortunately. Have you ever attended? I've always wanted to, but with Indie Week, it's, we've been in October and November. It's just been too close uh because it's it's crazy amount of work uh, building up into these uh, like long days, long hours, and uh, we're right in that right now. It's really exciting time though when we see new opportunities all the time. We're we're right now we're getting literally new opportunities emailed to us almost every day um, from different countries and participation. It, it's actually a super exciting time with everything going digital. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you ever get the chance, like definitely come because um, it's it's a similar vibe to what you were describing where they, in Fortitude Valley in um, in Brisbane, they have the venues very close together. It's a wristband situation. They kind of close down the whole street and everyone just kind of goes between venues. And, yeah, it's just like electric. You can kind of feel like the energy in the air and, and everyone's like really excited. So um, it might remind you of those early days of um, Indie Week. I don't know. Yeah, I've always meant to go and I've met some of the people behind it at other conferences. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's it's a very well-run event and and the, everybody in the industry talks about it. So Yeah, yeah, uh, oh, that's cool. It's on, my, it's on my list. It's my, like, one of my goals is to be in Australia for it. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that, you know, a little bit about how the, um, how the, I guess, culture around music and people that like to go to shows has changed. People are less willing to just rock up to a venue and just see who's playing and enjoy music for music's sake. And they really have to know a little bit of background, maybe behind the artist, or there has to be some buzz and their friends talking about it in order to really compete with like Netflix and all the other entertainment options that we have. What do you think makes a musician or band stand out and entice punters that maybe haven't um, experienced their live performance to actually buy that ticket? Um, is there anything that you see indie artists doing that really helps like generate that buzz? Or I know that that's probably such a broad question, but um, how, like, how do people overcome that barrier of um, getting people who don't necessarily know them to actually put money on the table and go to a show? Well, well, I think there's two things to sort of talk about. One, it starts with great music, like really great music and also building your brand, like your look, your image. A lot of artists, I think, don't work on the image as much these days, but you have to really think that if I'm sent something like a shared blog post or something, the first thing I see is a photo. Mm-hmm. And that kind of is like, I only have so much time. Am I going to click and invest time to listen or doesn't look like something I'm interested in, you know? And, and, a lot of artists will go, well, that image isn't so important. I'm like, okay. And I actually made a graphic one time to share around. And it's like in the corner is Prince and he's in his purple suit. And there's an image of the Beatles and they're all in the same suits with similar haircuts. And Elvis is there with a cape and sunglasses. And there's Elton John 
with his big grandiose uh, costumes and such, where they've each built a brand. And imagine if you went, like, if Elvis was alive and you go, I'm going to go see Elvis. And he just showed up in Gene's T-shirt and, like, hasn't done his hair. And, you know, like, it'd be like, you'd be let down. It's not the thing you're expecting, you know. ACDC, you know, an Australian artist, it's like, I've seen them many times. I'm a huge fan. And everybody wants to see Angus do the duck walk. Everybody wants to see Angus in the schoolboy outfit. And he knows that and he delivers, you know, Brian Johnson is going to be wearing his hat, you know, like it's, it's the brand and the look. So, so I think one thing is really identify with who you are and elevate that and just be that, but match the music and be great at the music. So that's the organic kind of stuff. The other thing I think that is just clearly missed is that we are in a digital world and I literally had a discussion yesterday about this where organic discovery just doesn't exist like it used to. I said, I worked at HMV. People would come into a record store. Hey, what do you recommend? Or we're playing something. And they organically would discover music. You know, we'd have a, our new release wall. We'd have our top 40 wall and people would just walk up and down and buy stuff that they saw and go, that looks cool. That doesn't exist anymore. Uh, even in the streets, of, I remember there would be posters everywhere about gigs. That doesn't exist anymore. Um, the venues in Toronto, for instance, don't advertise in newspapers anymore. So how do people discover and, and how does an artist break through? The reality is they have to have a marketing budget and they have to do social ads and you have to think, how many people are on Facebook? How many people are on Instagram? You want them to know about you. You have to advertise. It's just an unfortunate thing. But it's also a good thing because when I was in a band, that didn't exist. And I had to poster every Tuesday and Thursday night. And that was a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of late nights. Uh, whereas you could have an ad just running $10 a day, building audience nonstop, even while you sleep. Um, and there's so many strategies around it. We obviously don't have time to talk about them, but look up Facebook Pixel, Marketing Funnels. Uh, there's a service uh, with CD Baby. One of our sister companies is show.co. Mm, yeah. and, and that does advertising onto other websites like Billboard and Rolling Stone. So like-minded websites you can beam your ads to. Um you just have to be part of that. And uh, just a prime example to sort of wrap on this is there's a club here in, or in Toronto called Mod Club. It's actually changed to access, but their capacity is about 800. And I would look in the listings of their website and I'm like, I don't know any of these bands. I've never heard of them, but they're selling out. And the point is, I'm not part of the demographic, so I will never discover them because when I go to Spotify, Spotify is pushing things that are similar to what I listen to, not stuff that I don't listen to. So I'm only discovering exactly what I listen to and what's built on that, where I like many genres. So if it's hip hop and I don't listen to hip hop on Spotify, I don't see the ads I don't go to a record store. I don't see a poster. So we're in a, a time frame where the advertising reaches your market, where 
and, and unfortunately there's just, it's really hard to discover outside of that. I'm just not sent those ads. I, I'm, I'm sent what I listen to. Yeah. That's also a good thing because the algorithms of so many of these platforms um, are so sophisticated that uh, now more than ever, we can get our music in front of the right people. And it's not necessarily about um, getting in front of as many people as possible. It's about kind of what you were saying about honing your brand and having an identifiable brand and, um, you know, using ads to get in front of just the people that are most likely to resonate with with what you have going on um and I actually I taught I was teaching a masterclass last night on TikTok and I was um and you know in my research and experience as a as a user and artist on there like the algorithms on TikTok specifically are so accurate like more accurate than any other platform that I've seen and um yeah if you accidentally like a video that you're not interested in be prepared for your feed to be uh flooded with that so yeah you're right there's so much opportunity and um I love what you said about branding about being finding out who you are and really amplifying that I always say like turn it up to 11 like find out who you are turn it up to 11 and like you're not here to please everyone um but like you will attract the people that are meant to come to you so and um yeah, like I really love have a budget for marketing. I mean, you said ten dollars a day. Like, are there any particular platforms? Is it mainly Facebook that you think is the most effective for where to spend that marketing budget if you're just starting out? Yeah, I, I think if you're just starting out, you have to figure out what social platform works best for you, uh, and that's where you should be. Like, where are your fans? And you know, I I, I do these talks. And one of the phrases I use is people add value. You have to really work on relationships with your fans, right? And I've actually been working on stuff. I'm going to be doing sessions uh, early next year called Future Proof Your Career. And I've actually broken down the value of a fan. And I've, I've got like this calculator that can calculate the value of a fan over years. And it actually means... If you really concentrate on people, you don't need massive amounts of people. You just need people that are really invested. And then you can work on things like, well, that one person, how many shirts a year can I sell? How many CDs can I sell? Will they buy a VIP package? How many tickets will they sell? How much is that one person worth? And what we're in this digital age where, you know, I talked about postering. Well, flyering was a thing. And I used to make fans by talking to people that I was handing a flyer to. And I'd be able to like, talk to them. And maybe a week later, I'm flying at the same place. And they go, hey, Jim, are you coming to the show? I gave you a flyer last week. And, and we turn into friends by the time the show happens. Uh, again, that doesn't happen. And digitally, you can talk to so many people and turn them into a fan and then try to figure out how much value will they be over X number of years, and then start doing the calculations on how many fans do I need to make the amount that I want to make from my career. It's 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 a really cool thing. So that's a, I, I, it's a kind of a preview of something I'm putting together for for uh, next year. But yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds it's so important. Yeah, treat your fans like gold. Like that's the important thing, not just. Here's a message. Buy now. Hey, tickets are on sale. I've got a new single. You should listen to it. Like just all, everybody's pushing, pushing, pushing. 
And it seems like this sort of one way spewing of like your stuff towards them. And it should be a two way conversation, if that makes sense. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think as a indie artist, it's sometimes easy to forget that you're so busy trying to get your music out there and just, you know, hear this and hear that. And I just want people to pay attention to me, um, that it's easy to yeah forget that we're actually providing a service. It's the entertainment industry. So, um, you know, the fans are the customers. And so, yeah, I, I'm really looking, make sure, uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye out to when you release that resource, because, um, yeah, I think that that's such a perspective that. I know that even like I always forget and I have to remind myself that I'm providing a service and they're customers and they have a monetary um, value over a lifetime if I want to have a sustainable career in music. Hey legend, as you know, there is more to having a successful music career than just releasing great music. Of course, excellent music is the foundation, but when it comes to kicking goals you have within your band, it's important you have the knowledge, practical skills, support, and mindset it takes to be successful. If you've been loving this podcast, the next step for you is the Being in a Band membership. This is my monthly membership for business savvy musicians who know they want to make a career out of music. Each month, you'll be delivered a new in-depth masterclass on topics such as release strategy, branding, email marketing, getting bigger shows, streaming, PR, and more. We have workshop days where I can coach you on anything your band needs help with right now, and you'll also get support from myself and the other business-savvy members within a private Facebook community. As soon as you join, you'll get access to over 25 hours of up-to-date music industry content that is both fun and designed so you can take action straight away. There is no other music industry resource out there like it. For more info, head to the show notes or monicastrutcom slash membership Myself and the other members can't wait to see you on the other side. That's monicastrutcom slash membership. Now back to the episode. Right. I'm going to show you one thing. I know that this is audio, but I'm opening my Instagram, right? And I'm going to go and look up Mackenzie. He's an artist that is... Uh, Hold on, I have to switch to the new accounts. So Mackenzie is an artist that attends almost everything that we do. He's really dedicated. And if I can find it, sometimes my connection on my phone isn't great. Yeah, I can't find Mackenzie. I'll look up Sandeep. He's another fan that really does a lot. There we go. And so this is the one thing that I do. So I'm going to hit message, right? And once it comes up, I hit the microphone. Hey, Sandeep, this is Daryl from Indie Week. i just checking in and thank you for your support. Thanks for tuning in all the time. Hope all is well. Stay tuned. Lots more coming. That's it. Amazing. So by not typing and using your voice, it's a higher level of connection. Like It's like I'm talking to Sandeep. I'm not writing at Sandeep. Mm. And, and Sandeep's great, you know, and you can even see, I'm showing you, I know it's audio, but like, no, look, I'll take a screenshot every, of this. He likes everything, everything that we do, he's liking and sharing and stuff, right? Yeah. So why wouldn't I want to engage with Sandeep? So 
just a quick plug for Sandeep. He's in a band called Spiral Theory. Go look him up, you know? Yes. And, and that's, that's the thing. It's like we're, we're digital and we need to use the word community. It's overused, but we are a community. And, and especially here's the thing that's really amazing. You're in Australia. I'm in Canada. I couldn't do this when I was in a band back in the day. And this is an amazing thing. So artists should be using these online tools and platforms to connect with their audience better than ever. You know, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Gone are the days of the, the rock star persona with the barrier and the untouchableness. It's, it's all gone. It's like you almost have to be touchable in order to stand out these days. Yeah. And, and you know, at the start of COVID, it was really like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And oh, we have to go online. And like nobody knew of Zoom before, but now everybody knows of Zoom. That's how fast things can change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're learning all the time. But the thing that we've learned is there's lots of glitches. Like people are like, you're on mute or I can't hear you. You froze, blah, blah, blah. So it's actually very human in this digital space. We're all like bumps and the the bruises are happening as we're talking and stuff and people are accepting of it where I think before it was like perfection, perfection, perfection. And now it's actually more human in this digital space. And and I think that too is exciting, you know? So yeah, it's an exciting time. And I think if anything, you know, to stay positive is that you can be part of this online community you can have fans internationally like never before and you can build audience. And just, if you really treat them well, the value goes up per person. So instead of trying to get 10,000 people, you might only need a thousand and you could have a really solid career on just a thousand people that will invest in you. Yeah. I love it. So before we wrap up, please uh, tell us about Indie Music Week. How can people get involved? Um, I assume it's open for people all around the globe. What can people expect? Yeah, it's so it's super exciting. So we use a platform uh, called Whova, and uh, Indie Week is November 9th through 13th. We've got full day programming, just like a conference. Uh, So industry panels, we focus on business development, education, health and wellness, plus communities. We've got different uh, tracks for different communities and discussions. Uh, Indigenous is one uh, as an example. Uh, But we also have breakout sessions and mentorships so people can ask questions and connect. But the Whova platform is great because there's a community section where anybody can start a discussion. And what we're seeing is people are starting a discussion and people are contributing to the discussion. And that leads to conversations offline and new songs, collaborations and productions and remixes and all that is taking place as a result. But also in the community, anybody can host their own meetup. So literally they, anybody can create their own session. Like I'm going to, I want to talk to people about songwriting royalties. Okay. And you don't know who's going to show up, but anybody can do that. And the other beauty is everything's recorded. So if you can't tune in when it's live, you can watch it again. And it's live for up to six months. So meaning up to six months, you can still host meetups. You can still contribute in the discussion. You can message any of our speakers. 
message any of the attendees. Uh, so literally stuff is still happening from our last conference, which took place a month and a half ago. It's great. So um, I, I highly recommend everybody check it out. IndieWeek.com, I-N-D-I-E-W-E-E-K.com, IndieWeek, it's easy. Uh, and all the information will be there and tickets and schedule and all that stuff. And uh, something to note is that we've got four online conferences. Indie Week is one. There's one in February called Screen by Screen, which is music and tech, like AI, VR, blockchain, live streaming. Indie 101 is April, and that's very education-focused, how-tos, presentations, more B2B and mentorships. And then Music Pro Summit is in uh, September. That's the one we just did. And that's really high-level industry discussions like Spotify, Deezer, Twitch, guests, our guests and such. And then Indie Week is our flagship, our hub, where we bring everybody together and it's really focused also with international connections. So anyone looking for international connections, Indie Week in November is the place to be. Amazing. That is so good. I mean, I wish that I had a resource like this when I was first starting out like 15, 10 years ago, because I probably would have, I mean, this is, it sounds so valuable in the sense that you can, yeah, I love the fact that you can connect in the six months after. Um, yeah. It's oh, and I have to add one more thing. Like, okay, we, we're crazy. We're doing so many things. Uh, so when we decided to go online, we were way behind in programming and all that stuff. So we launched a free session every week. It's called Indie Weekly, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 4 p.m. Toronto time. Uh, it's a Zoom. And we've got special guests. Like we just had Steve Stewart, manager of Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Martin Atkins, who's played with like Nine Inch Nails, Ministry. Um, we just had Margaret McGuffin yesterday from Music Publishers Association. And so it's free and uh, we it's very international. Yesterday, we actually had people from Australia, Berlin, Yukon, America, Brazil. Uh, and and the, that's the community. We get a lot of the same people, but new people. Uh, even David Bowie's manager showed up as a guest or not a guest, an attendee, which was crazy. Um, but people are chatting as we're going and they're connecting and collaborating. So it's every week and, and true relationships are being built. Um, and something to note is we're launching a podcast soon. So if you can't tune in, the audio will become available as a podcast. But I really highly recommend tuning in because that's where you participate in the chat and get to know people. And a lot of times, like Steve Stewart's like, here's my email. Just message me if you want. And that, like, I'm like, that's Stone Temple Pilots manager. Like, if you want real advice, email them. Yeah. <laughs> Take them up on it. You know, so. Uh, and I, I'm not going to share it now because you're probably like, Daryl, stop it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. And, and it's great. It's been great to see because we didn't ex we didn't know what to expect. We were just like, let's do this thing. And and uh, people are tuning in from everywhere. Amazing. And, of course, I will leave everything linked down below in the show notes. So um, do check out the resources and do attend um, if you can. And, it, like, the networking aspect alone, I'm sure, would be worth, like, the time and everything. So 
Um, these are, you know, as you've heard from Daryl, these are like real people in the industry who actually have knowledge, like up-to-date knowledge um, that they can share with you. So definitely recommend. So Daryl, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast uh, today. And any any last final final words of advice for, for anyone looking to forge a career in music, whether that be on the music side or the business side? Uh, absolutely. Just to kind of summarize is really know who you are as an artist and what you're wanting to put out there, but really work on quality. Uh, I think the latest number is 70,000 songs uploaded to Spotify a day. Uh, So you got to cut through that crowd and think of marketing to do that. A lot of people don't. Um, And then the end thing to think about is, you know, people are always asking, how do I sell more tickets? You have to have more people. How do I sell more t-shirts? More people. The end result, the the, sim, the same answer to the equation is you need more people. So really focus on your audience and treat them well. Thanks for listening to the Being in a Band podcast. Before you go, make sure you subscribe and share this episode on your socials to help empower more people in the music industry to take their careers into their own hands. If you like the Being in a Band podcast, you'll love the Being in a Band membership. It's a business savvy community of musicians and music industry pros just like you. Information on how to join as well as how to work with me one-on-one is down below. You can also hit me up on socials anytime. I'm at Monica Strutt everywhere. In the meantime, catch you in the next episode.